Hello, and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. So welcome to the show, everyone. And today I have another fantastic guest with me. I've got Liz Dawes, who is a forest therapist. Hello, Liz. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Carl. How are well, you? Thank you. I'm fantastic. I'm a little bit uh, rushed because it's spring and there's a million and one jobs that need doing. So I feel like everything's being done in a bit of a rush. But there you go. I do try and take the time to step back and take a breath every now and again. Good for you, Carl. Yeah. And uh, so why don't we start just by, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Liz, what you do and, you know, how you ended up doing it? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm actually, I'm actually a, a forest therapy guide. Right. Um, so there's a little bit of a distinction there because uh, I'm not a therapist. Um, yeah. I was trained by an organisation based in America. They train guides globally, and they're called the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. And we have um, a little saying at ANFT that the forest is the therapist and the guide opens the doors. Yeah. So Love it. Yeah. So um, I trained with ANFT in 2019. And I've been taking people on forest bathing walks since then. Um, I'm based um, in a little village near Skipton. And I um, offer forest bathing walks at Broughton Hall Estate, a beautiful 3,000 estate, 3,000 acre estate. Wow. Just about 10 minutes away from where I live. So that's great. Yeah. And how long have you been sort of interested in this line of work, in this sort of part of what nature can offer? Well, I've always loved being outside, right? So just going back a few more years, um, I was actually a lawyer. I was a solicitor in London. It's quite, little... quite, quite, quite a, quite a different line of work. <laughs> it is, yeah. I can't think of much, uh, much overlap on the uh, Venn diagram of uh, forest therapy guide and, and solicitor. No, <laughs> no there's none. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So I was, uh, I was solicitor in London from 2001 to 2012, and I can't say that I enjoyed being a solicitor one little bit. No, but um, I eventually took the plunge in 2012. I did a, a a personal development course called the Hoffman Process, which really helped me to take that plunge. It was really quite a leap of faith to leave the legal profession because I had no idea what I was actually going to do. Anyway, I moved to Hove near Brighton, and. Yeah. One day I just happened to see uh, this course advertised and that course was called uh, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. 
And at the time, I hadn't heard of mindfulness, but it was the stress reduction part that I was, that caught my eye. Because at the time, I was thinking that employers were going to have to do a lot more to protect their employees against stress. Anyway, I signed up for this eight-week mindfulness course, and about four weeks into the course, I thought, goodness me, I wish I'd have known about this when I was working. Yeah. So I went on to, I had to develop my own mindfulness practice for a year, and then I trained to teach mindfulness. Um, but then, just as I'm ready to embark on this new career path, um, I went on a month-long silent retreat. And Fantastic. it was, it was one of the most awesome things I've done. And um, at the end of that, somebody said that we're going to Nepal. Did I want to go along? So I said, yes, I'd always wanted to go to Nepal. Anyway, that I was only supposed to go for a couple of months, but then I ended up going to India, to Varanasi, and it just completely blew me away. And I thought, I've got to see more of India. So for the following five years, I was spending a lot of time in India, traveling around India. We got to about March 2019 and I came back to the UK and I didn't have this burning desire to get back to India like I had done on all previous occasions. Yeah. So just going back another six months, my dad and my brother live in California. Actually, I used to live there. I lived there for four years, but that's a long time ago. Anyway, I went to visit my dad and my brother and I met up with some people that I know, and I just happened to meet um, this lady um, at this get-together, this lady called Sylvie Rocab, and she is a film director. She made a film called Love Thy Nature that was narrated by Liam Neeson. And we got chatting, and she said, what do you do? I said, well... I'm trained to teach mindfulness, but I absolutely love being outdoors. That was always the problem with mindfulness, that I was, I was always teaching it indoors. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Sylvie, she said, she asked me, have you heard of forest therapy? And I said, no. Anyway, she told me a bit about it and I parked it, went back to the UK, then went back to India, came back to the UK in March 2019 and started looking into what forest therapy is. And I absolutely loved the sound of it. You know, my whole body was fizzing as I was researching it. I thought, this is what I've got to do. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. You know, so I, I trained with ANFT for six months. And um, yeah, finally, I found something that I absolutely adore doing. That's a fantastic story. I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of mindfulness or meditation, depending on how you want to, to word it for, you know, just general mental health and, and well-being. And uh, it's, it's something I, I mention occasionally on the show. It's not the emphasis of the show, but it is something I'm a huge, huge advocate for. And going on a month-long silent retreat is definitely on my bucket list. I'm not quite ready yet, but... Uh, at some point, I would absolutely love to do that, sorry, so I'm a little sorry, bit jealous. Carl, my um, my um, headphones just fell out, and I just missed what you said. <laughs> oh, no worries. Uh, so I was just saying, 
I'm a huge advocate for mindfulness and meditation, and I've mentioned it several times on the show. It's not something that's the the emphasis of the show. The show is about something else, but it is something I bring up, and I just think it's so important in every aspect of our lives. You know, whoever you are, whatever you do, I think it increases well being and that ability to manage your own you know emotions that lead to negative feelings and all those kinds of things and I, one of the things on my bucket list is to to go on a silent retreat much like you have so i am incredibly jealous i'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite there yet but uh it's something i'd love to do at some point yeah. and uh yeah no I, I love that story i love that origin story you can find self-sufficient hub content elsewhere online we have our YouTube channel, we've also got our website, and we also have our Facebook group and page. Links to all of these can be found in the show notes, so why don't you come and check us out? How do you go from knowing this is something you want to do to actually doing it? Um, well, I just started, I mean, at ANFT, we, um, have a, a comprehensive six month training and at the, during that training under the guidance of the trainers, we start guiding forest bathing, forest therapy walks. So um, that's how it started. I just, um, I took the plunge. I advertised uh, through various social media channels. Yeah. And started, I just started from there. Did, did, did you find it was easy to find clientele? Was it something that there was a demand for or are people coming that didn't know that this is what they wanted to do until they saw the advert? How does it? kind of fit with people yeah because it's relatively new is the yeah. practice of forest bathing and i suppose people just like the sound of it initially yeah. but it really um it really differs quite significantly from the way that we tend to spend time in nature okay because generally when the majority of as many of us go on a walk in nature we tend to be on a bit of a mission to get from a to b in the quickest time possible and sure. forest bathing is all about slowing down so i'm trying to follow a standard sequence that in effect takes us on this liminal journey so i offer a series of invitations and the first invitation I offer is um, an invitation called Pleasures of Presence. And really that does have, um, that really is like a, a guided meditation. Yeah. Mindfulness meditation. But then we go, the next invitation I offer is something called What's in Motion. And this is a really slow walk. And the invitation is simply to notice everything that's moving. So by now I've got people coming out of their heads into their bodies, they're slowing down. And really it's, um, it's at a time when 
people meet themselves in a way that they don't have time to do in their everyday lives because we tend to be rushing around, you know, and we have certain roles that we play. We wear the masks. And it's during this in-between stage of the walk that a really quite deep people have realizations about themselves, about their own lives. You know, some people might realize that, you know, they really need to slow down. Um, because then I offer two more invitations. We call them partnership invitations. And these invitations are designed to support this connection to nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we finish off with um, with tea. I always finish off with tea around a fire. Tea that um, I don't know that I forage from the from the woodland. Beautiful. Yeah. So, how long would a, a typical session last? Um, so, currently during um, lockdown, I've been offering remotely guided forest bathing walks. So. Um, People join, they can, either, they can either join from an outdoor or an indoor location, preferably an outdoor one, join via Zoom, and I offer these invitations via Zoom. Now, these remotely guided walks tend to last about an hour and three quarters, two hours. But for the yeah. in-person walks, they can last, I don't know, two and a half to three hours. So it's really easy for you guys to get in touch. Whatever it is you want to say, whether it's an idea for a future episode or perhaps you've got some feedback on something you've heard me say, I really do love hearing from you. There's lots of ways that you can do it. Now, you can follow the links in the show notes. You can use your phone just by pressing the button in the link and record a voice message that can be played on the show. Alternatively, you can send us an email where we are selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or you can find us via Facebook. But however you choose to do it, I really do love hearing from you guys. Perhaps you'd like to record a voice memo using the regular recording app on your phone and send that via an email. That's another way that I can play it on the show. But please do get in touch. When you're actually on the walk, how many people would be in a group? Would it be a fairly small number? I'm guessing it would. It depends. I've had, I mean, I've, I've done one-to-one walks in person and I'm, I've had people, I've had about 20 in a group as well for the in-person walks. Right. So it really varies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You mentioned foraging some tea as well, and that's something that uh, particularly hits some buttons for me because I'm a huge forager. Are you talking pine tea, turkey tail tea? What are we, what yeah, are we looking at? Yeah, well, no, I mean, generally it might just be nettle or bramble okay. leaf or yeah, yeah, uh, Norway spruce. I've been using quite a lot lately. Yeah, uh, nice. I encourage you to check out turkey tail if it's not something you're already familiar with. All right, uh, I will do. Yeah, thank you. Please do, please do. It's a massively abundant mushroom, really easy to identify, 
and it makes a great tea, a fantastic really? tea. Oh, yeah. So I have, I have seen it. I've seen because it, it it grows on the edge of um of uh, I don't know falling Edward. down. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's really abundant, really quite easy to identify if you do a little bit of research. But it makes a great tea. So uh, thank you. It's you know, no worries. It's my go-to forest tea. As I was, why, why I was asking, I've got a huge interest in that. All right, brilliant. <laughs> um, so going back to the, the, you say it's a new thing, forest bathing, but of course only a new thing here in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, well, so, it, the guy, so ANFT, the, the organisation that I trained with, this was set up by a guy called Amos Clifford in 2012. And Amos was inspired by the Japanese practice of Shinrin-yoku, Right. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard of. Have you heard of Shinrin? I have. Yeah. yeah. Super. Yeah. So Shinrin Yoku is a term that was coined in Japan in the early 1980s by the then director of agriculture, fisheries, and forestry, um, as more as a marketing term to get people back into nature because at this time the Japanese were moving from an outdoor culture to more of an indoor tech-based culture. And what the Japanese were noticing, they were noticing a, a spike in cancer and autoimmune diseases. So um, the Japanese started carrying out lots of tests to find out and research studies to find out what the actual uh, physiological and psychological benefits were on humans of spending time in nature. And this yeah. was really too encourage people back into the rural prefects you know from a from a health perspective but also to regenerate yeah, yeah. these rural prefects as well so um so yeah so amos was inspired by this japanese practice of shinrin yoku and whilst um it's my understanding that shinrin yoku has more of a focus on the actual health benefits of spending time in nature, right? And they tend to yeah. um, focus on the typical five senses in, um, in bringing about this nature connection. But what yeah. Amos wanted to do, he wanted to bring into the practice elements of his own life experience. He'd been a vision quest guide, a wilderness guide, a scent practitioner, and a psychotherapist. So whilst the, um, so yeah, so the ANFT model of forest bathing, of forest therapy, whilst we still get the health benefits of spending time in nature, what it's more about is more about establishing relationship or re-establishing relationship. Yeah. Because like I said, when we go on these forest bathing walks and we meet ourselves, we have realisations about ourselves that we don't have time to notice in our everyday lives. So it's about re-establishing relationship with ourselves. And it's also about re-establishing relationship with others. Because after each of the invitations that I offer, we have something called um, a gather, share, and listen. In so in a group, which we can, you know, which we do in person and remotely too, people share 
um, their experience of the invitation. And during this time, people are just invited to listen wholeheartedly, right? Without giving mm -hmm. any feedback or trying to fix or, you know, <laughs> which is what we tend to do when we're having a conversation, yeah, yeah. you know, sure. in everyday lives. We're not really 100% listening because we're thinking about what it is we're going to be saying next. So it's all, so it's about reestablishing relationship with others. And it's also about reestablishing our relationship with nature. Yeah. And I think, the 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 difference between the two words establishing and re-establishing is is key i think it's quite important to you know i think that's a really clear distinction that sometimes people don't make it's not about establishing a relationship you know we're already in relationship and it's about re-establishing what was already there from birth that we've almost forgotten yes as a species yes absolutely that's, that's, absolutely that's key yeah and um so i'm i'm super you know aware that these things aren't they're not the sort of things you can hack you know they're not the sort of things that you can you know five quick tips on how to meditate it doesn't work like that no. um but having said that prefaced my next <laughs> sentence with, with that one um are there things that you could perhaps share with people that they can take away that they can use on a day-to-day -day basis or when they're outside or ways that they can utilize some perhaps smaller spaces like their gardens and achieve access to some of these, these ways of thinking. Are there any, is there any, you know, short, I, I, I really trying to find a word that isn't tips, but you know, tips <laughs> for people that to, to, to try and, to try and gain some of these benefits. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've just touched on one of the invitations that I offer, the what's in motion. And there I just invite people to take a really slow walk that can be done in the garden or a park or, you know, really slowing down, literally walking at a snail's pace and just bringing mm -hmm. your attention, your awareness to anything that you notice that is moving. And perhaps really just, you know, staying with whatever it is that you are noticing moving and really being curious, you know, bringing a real curiosity to whatever it is that you're noticing. That's a, a, re, a number of people who come on in on a forest birthing walk and do that invitation. It's, um, it's really quite a, a profound experience sometimes, you know. Yeah. And may I perhaps just add to that, so just to compound what you've just said and, and maybe focusing, you know, like, as you say, paying attention and, and being curious, but mindful of, of bringing that curiosity really down to almost a microscopic level and not, not worried about, you know, if, if you want to look at a blade of grass, then, then that's fine and not think that it's, you know, you have to be taking in anything other than whatever it is that you're taking absolutely. in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yesterday, but it was really windy. You know, I've got a, a, a great big yew tree outside my back garden, outside my back door. And it's really mm -hmm. quite mesmerizing, you know, just watching the movement and listening to the movement as well. So I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for listening. 
I really, really appreciate every single one of you who downloads and listens to the show. There's lots of ways that you can help the show grow and support it. And probably one of the best ones is just to share it with someone. Find someone who you think might be interested in this content and say, listen, here's a show that I like. I think you might like it too and point them in our direction. We would be forever grateful. If you want to go a step further, you could also become a patron. You can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub and set up to donate a small monthly amount. If you think this podcast is worth the price of a cup of coffee a month, then you can set it at that amount. And obviously, anyone who chooses to do that, we are eternally grateful to. From a selfish point of view, um, I want to pick your brains as well on sort of on this. Well, it is on the topic, but it's a, a bit of a step away from what we've been discussing thus far. So we have a space near us in a town near us that I've been invited to basically start creating some community spaces and running some courses there. I'm going to be running some permaculture courses, mm -hmm. all sorts of different things. But um, I'm wondering if it's not a huge space. It's probably about if I take away the side that we're going to be using for like growing food, there's probably it's less than a quarter of an acre left. And I'm wondering, is there anything I can do in that space to kind of create an environment within which some of these activities would be? you know, better used? Is there anything I can do to encourage the use of this space in that direction or to make it better for me personally to utilise or someone else to utilise doing the sort of thing you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on a forest bathing walk, I mean, well, you know, you can do it in the smallest of spaces. Mm -hmm. I mean, generally, you know, I walk less than half a kilometre on a forest bathing walk. So, sure. um, yeah, I mean, that first invitation that I mentioned, the pleasures of presence, I mean, there you just invite, you're just experiencing the environment through your senses. So, you know, just grounding yourself in your breath, first of all, and then just bringing your awareness to whatever it is that you're, um, what you can smell, what you can taste, what you can hear. But also mm -hmm. another one is um which is great is you is um exploring your environment through your sense of touch. You know, just exploring the different textures around in the environment where you are. Sure. Sure. Is it is anything to bring you into the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But there is that distinction between forest bathing and mindfulness because yeah we there, there are definitely mindfulness techniques that are brought into it but like i say it's much more about establishing relationship with the environment you know so maybe yes. just spending you know just maybe even sitting with a plant or a bush or a tree you know maybe just for sure. Even asking a tree a question. Because right? Carl Jung, he once said that sometimes <laughs> a tree can tell you more than you can read in any book. You know, and so that's yeah, an invitation yeah. that I actually offer, have a conversation with a tree. I mean, you might feel a bit daft at first, 
you know, nobody needs to know that you're having a conversation with a tree. You can just sit with it <laughs> and ask the tree yeah, yeah. quietly. You know, and that's all yeah, about yeah. establishing this relationship. You know, and it is, yeah. I mean, it's a practice as well. You know, the more often you do it, the deeper this connection becomes. Yeah. 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 Are, you, are you familiar with Rory McPhee? Yeah, I know Rory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was on the show a few weeks yeah. ago and we were talking about uh, forest bathing and, you know, his his dream for what he's trying to achieve up there in Scotland. It's brilliant. I've been up there. It's a it's a wonderful. Oh, space. great! It's a wonderful, wonderful yeah. place. It's curative great. forest. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Well, I, we've covered all the points that I had on my list in front of me, Liz. Is there anything you would like to share that we haven't hit on, or have we covered everything that you were um, thinking what as I, well? What I just mentioned is that um, forest bathing. We haven't mentioned about the pro environmental. Um, aspect oh, of please. it. Oh, please. Because like, like I've just mentioned, that forest bathing is a practice and that the more often you do it, the, um, the deeper your connection with the, with the, well, we call it, call it the modern human world, actually. You know, beings in nature. Yeah. The more often you meet with these beings, the deeper your connection becomes. And it's like establishing a relationship with a human, you know, the deeper, the, the more often you connect, the deeper your relationship becomes. Yeah. And it's also in, in the way that you, you, you feel protected over, over a human that you, you, um, um, that you're connected with, that you're in relationship with. So I think it was, um, Jacques Cousteau who said, um, you only you protect what you most love. So once you've got this connection to nature, you've got this relationship developing. You know, there's this willingness. There's this more of a, a desire to want to protect. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense. One hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. you know, forest bathing is also important from this pro environmental perspective too. Overall, I mean, it's about it's about dissolving the perceived barrier between us and nature, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because we are nature, yeah. aren't we? Huh? Yeah, that's, that's right. What yeah, we've, no, um, I, I, that's what we've forgotten. No, I think that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic. Well, uh, I'm sure that uh, I've got some listeners who might be interested in, particularly your online stuff that you're doing at the moment Liz so why don't you tell people where they can find yeah, you yeah great thank you Carl so they can right. um, send me an email liz at the ftg dot earth that's forest therapy guide but it's F the ftg dot earth or they can go onto my website the ftg dot earth or you can have a look on Instagram where I am the underscore forest guru <laughs> nice nice who doesn't want to be a guru <laughs> well, i'm originally from burnley we have lots of gurus in burnley <laughs> yeah. yeah probably more, more than we do down here in somerset <laughs> oh that's great well 
thank you ever so much for your time, oh. Liz. And uh, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, all the best with everything you're doing. It's important work. So thank you. Thank you very much, Carl. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.